So. <laughs> okay. Hi, everybody. This is Steve Hargadon. It's 16th of April, 2009, Thursday night. This is the Classroom 2.0 research report. Thanks for coming out tonight. Uh, we have Taraj in April with us, although right now we've only got Taraj, so when April comes, he's going to have to run open the, the door of the building for her. Um, if you haven't been in the Luminate before, it looks like a few people are in that category, uh, and you think you might want to ask a question through the microphone, you can go up to Tools, Audio, and run the Audio Setup Wizard, and that will test to make sure that your audio is okay. And you can do that and still be listening to the session now, so feel free to go ahead and do that. Um, if you're new here as well, uh, I'll describe the environment for you. There's a participant window, and you can see the people who are in the session, and you can below that there's some emoticons or icons that allow you to clap or to smile in approval or to say you're confused or to express your disappointment. You can also raise your hand. That's the hand with the green arrow up. When you do that, we can give you the mic when it's an appropriate time. Uh, you'll see below in the audio area that you have a, a button to push to click. Uh, this is like a walkie-talkie kind of audio. Uh, so we, uh, we do ask that you raise your hand before you talk, just because some people don't have any um, echo cancellation on their systems, and we'll, we'll hear an echo. Uh, you can put your questions or comments in the chat window. You'll also notice that next to the send button, you can actually send private messages to other people in the chat. But do be aware that because uh, Taraj and April and I are set up as moderators, we actually see all of those messages, so there's nothing completely private. Well, good. So we're sure glad to have you here tonight. This is uh, very fun for me. I'm very interested to hear what uh, what kind of information's been um, been gathered and, and what stage they're at. Uh, back in April, Taraj and April asked me if they could uh, initiate a research project on Classroom 2.0. They wanted to figure out why it was a thriving online community for educators. So I guess the question is, are we still thriving, and how have we changed? And maybe they can't address that fully, but they've taken a slice of time and can tell us what they found out so far. Uh, their goal has been to provide a formal analysis to help policymakers and future researchers support these kind of communities in the best ways. And they've called this project Understanding Classroom 2.0, or UC2. So we had a community meeting at the very beginning to make sure that the community felt comfortable with somebody drilling down on the network like they were going to. And we had a lot of positive response. So this is kind of a chance for initial reporting or reporting back. I guess this is our second reporting session. So Taraj, do you want to start and then just let us know when uh, you need to go get April? Sure. Yeah. Um, so this is this is really an interim report. We uh, we don't have any conclusions. Oh, that's that's April. Hold on. Hello. So while he's getting the door and getting April, uh, feel free to put in the chat what city you're from and you're coming in from and what the time and temperature are there. That's often fun to see. Um, and then when he gets back, we'll ask about how many of you have actually been uh, were in one of the previous sessions that he held and get the sense that not many. Anthony's in Oakland. Washington, 64 today. 
Okay, we're going to get almost record highs in the second area this weekend. Here we are. New York. Okay, yep, so I asked everybody where they were from. Hi, April. Hello. Oh, turkey. <laughs> so we asked them where they were from, what the temperature was today. So far, it looks like fairly good weather everywhere. Yeah, even in Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> Oddly enough. <laughs> oh, fun. Okay, so um, did you want me to ask how many people had been in a previous session where we talked about this research? Yeah, I would. I'd like to know. Um, kind of, we're really curious. I remember there were a lot of researchers last time. Uh, I'm wondering uh, how many of them are back, or uh, yeah, any new ones. Yeah, and how many? So let's ask. So let's ask the question of who uh, was in the previous session with Taraj in April, and if you were, you can click on the green check that is up above on the top bar of your screen. The green check would indicate that you were here before. A, a red X would indicate that you were not. Okay, so a lot of new people. I'm not seeing anybody who was actually here before. I saw one. Oh, that's, that's you. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> okay. So the question, the right. question was, if, if so, uh, somebody asked if I repeat the question. So the question was, uh, were you in a session before on this research report? We held a live session like this, and if you were, just put a green check, uh, click on the green check. Uh, which will put a green check next to your name. And we actually have one, Martos, is showing, uh, having been so part of the session I mean, before. I, I think it's our first report. We had one session where we kind of proposed the work. Yeah, kind of an introductory session with the other one. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm reading a green check mark as someone who uh, is in that introductory session. Okay, so Martos. Well, then that... Um, well, that helps us be, so that we can... Um, Maybe we should start from the beginning then. Yeah, we'll start from the beginning. What our, what our goals are, um, they're kind of summarized on that web page that um, was linked to in Steve's email. Um, but we're trying... It's, this is a, a year-long project in our... Um, at CNU here, there's a program for interdisciplinary education research. So I'm in human-computer interaction. And I'm in statistics. And we're kind of feeling out what is something that we can do that draws on both of our skills. So it's, it's a research question. It's also sort of pedagogical for us about how to um, how to put these things together, these skills together. Um, so we, when we're bouncing around ideas, we came upon Classroom 2.0 and thought it was uh, a really remarkable example of social networking for education, and we wanted to figure out what what's happening there and what tools can we um, make and capitalize on to describe it kind of formally. You want to yeah, well, I mean, there's, there's also some really interesting ideas here for education. Um, that being that a lot of states are creating some their own networks where teachers in the state or cities are doing this. I know Denver's done one. 
uh, South Carolina tried to get money from their state legislature to put something like this together on Blackboard. And it, before they spend all this money putting those together, it might be nice to have some information on how people use existing networks and what sorts of information they act, they're actually getting. Uh, so we're looking at uh, the, the social network connections, who's connecting to who, and um, a big part of what I've been doing is some, some content analysis to try and, and get a big picture on what content is flowing and who it's flowing between. Right. So we've, we've taken, if, if you look at that web page that Steve just put up, um, there's the topic modeling section, which is the uh, using some pretty cutting edge statistics. Uh, yeah, pretty recent. That model, the latent Dirichlet allocation, was developed, I think, in 2000. There have been a few advances with okay. it, but um, pretty recent. Um, so that's uh, taking all the words in the site um, and figuring, looking at how that, well, you can describe it much better. Oh, probably. Yeah. I, I'm sick, so I'm trying to let Taraj do most of the talking. Um, so the way the model works is, if, if you saw the example post there, um, every post that's part of the network is presumed to be a mixture of topics. And so one post might be about um, teacher preparation and technology and how that fits. <coughs> uh, and that, or another post might be a mix of two topics, like um, I need help. So that help request is one topic. And then if they need help with blogging or getting their students to blog, that would be another topic. So a post that how do I help set up some student blogs would be a mix of those two topics. So now that we have this sort of uh, computable definition of whether something, whether a post is in one of these topics and how much it's in one of these topics. Right. The example there is 70% uh, from presentation media. Uh, other posts might be more 50-50 between two of two things. Right. So we're taking that and um, so we, we just came up with this data like earlier in the week. So we've still got to do uh, analysis on like what's the distribution of different um, posts. Actually, today I just finished getting the same model fit to the rest of the data. Okay. So the question would then be, these are the topics that we see in the forum discussions. Do we see the same topics in use comments that people leave on each other's home pages? The, the wall posts. Post. Um, so how, how much do the topics that we see in one area overlap with the topics that we see in another area? Or are people using the two different areas for two different purposes? Right. So that's one hypothesis. Test. Okay, question? Oh, uh, so that's that's me demonstrating how to raise your hand. So oh. um, I do have a <laughs> yeah, question. Yeah, I, I don't so, want to just like so, ramble. That was a great time for a question. <laughs> okay, so one of the things I remember us talking about was that the network could be used by by different audiences for different purposes. Meaning, some may be maybe their introduction to Web 2.0 and they're just signing up. You know, for others, it's kind of a Facebook 
use. I'm going to thank the other educators. So I'm going to use the wall post as my primary means of communicating. For others, it will be I want to get into the Q&A side. Have you discovered anything that's helped to understand that so far? That's actually what I was just trying to say is um, I've, we're kind of in the middle of that. Um, so I, I fit the model for the forum discussions and then um, trying to see if the same model describes the um, the wall posts, wall comments, and I've got numbers for that, but I haven't yet pulled the comprehensible information out of the numbers yet. So that that's where that is. Right, um, and so from from some uh, preliminary pieces of the, like not not formal, but. Um, just looking through the data, we had the same intuition about the wall posts being more for personal communication. Um, mm -hmm. And so we're looking to validate that through this analysis. Um, and also kind of, I've got some numbers, uh, well, I've got some numbers on the participation and like how many people use just wall posts versus, versus the form um, activity. And I, uh, can you tell me? So, yeah, let me look those up. I should have put them in the um, in that document. So while you're doing that, I can tell you that you get somewhere between, say, four and 5,000 visitors a day, uh, about half of whom have been there before. And so, um, you know, one of the things that I'm very interested in, and I'm not sure you're going to address specifically, but is we have a large number of people who visit for the first time who don't actually join. And what we've done is by making the network public so that people could see the discussions, the decision was basically we want this to be a way for people who have never seen something like this before to see its value. And by not requiring them to register, we know we're going to lose some number of people who don't actually end up registering. But we know that a large number come to the site and never actually register. If I recall correctly, Gerard, just looking at the numbers right now, but there was a large number who did register, but still didn't do much of anything. And I would actually yeah. expect that to be pretty substantial, because if you figure that you have maybe 2,500 returning visitors a day out of 21,000, you know, that's, I don't know how to measure that, but certainly some large percentage of people are not coming back daily or regularly. And I, you know, that would neither good or bad, just for the description of how people use the network. Another interesting point for me, I think, specifically is that I'm going to imagine that the, the, there's been a change from, from two years ago or a year and a half ago to current because the growth of numbers in the network means that it's a very different experience. It's much less personal. So I'm going to guess that a lot of people have kind of gone off who really wanted sort of more personal experiences still are members of Classroom 2.0, but have gone off and created their own networks or participated in other ways where they get a more personal experience. Yeah, and we're finding, um, I we haven't been able, it's kind of out of our scope to look into those other projects, but um, in doing the social network analysis, which we talk a little bit more about soon, um, there were a lot of people who had friends, Ning friends outside of Classroom 2.0. So I imagine that's some of those other networks. 
responding well. I just noticed a question um, from Demet. Uh, I really like that you've tried to categorize the topics into sections, but I was thinking if there might be other posts later that would not fall into these categories. Okay. Um, that's me not describing how the model works very well. Um, the the way the model is fit, um, I didn't come up with these topics. Uh, these topics, what what the what the statistical model does is it looks through basically it looks through all the posts and it looks for words that appear together, and so um, it if people use words like how do I and it really appears together a lot or um, my students are working on a project and we're looking for collaboration partners. That's a pattern that's very strong and we'll see it and it'll appear in a lot of posts with those five or six words together. Um, the, the statistical model picks up on those patterns and what I get as output is lists of words that commonly appear together. And then I can look at those words and I can put, try and put titles on them. Um, so when I see a list of words that's how do I convert, help, please, assist, then I'm going to call that looking for help or help seeking. Um, if I see a, a list of words that is students, project, collaboration, looking for, um, then I'll probably call that collaboration seeking. <coughs> so does, does, that, does that help um, clarify how the model is actually working? Okay, so Peggy. Um, all the words will appear in all the categories. So each each topic is I don't I'm trying to not get too technical, but each topic is a probability distribution over all the words that people have ever used. But um, so in the, like the student blogging, the high probability, the high frequency words are blogging, student blog, um, WordPress, words like that. Um, whereas words like Google would be very low probability. But it's still, all the words are still in all the topics. It's just a matter of which ones are high frequency, that they appear together a lot. That's together. Together. Um, oh, so Mr. This is, sorry, Dur. Do more people utilize classroom tutorials during school breaks? Um, we haven't looked at we have that data, but we haven't looked at that question. Um, membership jumps. There have been big membership yes. jumps in in like August, September, and I think a smaller ones in December. Ah, uh, so how do we answer the hand raise? So that's me again. So you just oh. say, Steve, you can talk now. <laughs> So I want to share with you, I opened my Google Analytics account, and I want to share 
the, you'll see that this is going to come up. This is actually the Google Analytics report from when Classroom 2.0 started. Yeah, or at least for when I started actually tracking um, analytics. And something so are you seeing the Google Analytics dashboard? Yes. Okay, so you can see this shows overall a million visits, three and a half million page views over the course of the two years. And then what I can do is this will probably respond slowly, but I will actually go here and show you. This has a very pretty standard weekly pattern. And um, it doesn't uh, it, it, it doesn't tell me time of day, but it shows me every week there's this there's this wave cycle. Uh, and it's been increasing, but it still stays cyclical. Uh, and indicate certain days. We'll look and see what days they actually are or more prevalent. The really high peak that you see um, is from Christmas break. So that was um, an indication that during some break periods, I think I think classroom people point out got a lot of publicity that people held off on looking at it until they had a break and then looked over Christmas break. But, but uh, keep talking, you guys, and I'll go ahead and this will take a second. But I'm actually going to change the date for uh, the report just for the last month. Um, I also have, a, when you're ready, I have some statistics, a uh, little Venn diagram of how people participate in the different types of uh, interactions. So mm -hmm. there's, um, well, I can tell you. Yeah, it's in the URL. So. Okay. So the question in the chat is, how do I think it will be in the summer? And I can, if we look at last year, it actually went up in the summer. So um, maybe that's that would be an indication for professional development network that that's um, you know going to see time when people we'll see an increase of time when people actually have time to look at it. Well, I think that also we we remember we were seeing all of those um, instances of people joining in groups. Um, my, my favorite example is like the 50 people from all over Pennsylvania that joined in the space of 10 minutes. And the only reasonable explanation for that uh, was some sort of workshop. <coughs> Sorry. Um, and so with, with those, at, at least with the workshops, I would definitely expect an increase over the summer. Um, so we we unfortunately we don't have the the data that are in um, Google Analytics uh, with with digits, but we have more we have finer grained data on what people are doing once they're registered. And I think I can. Uh, but we don't have any satisfaction data. I know there was a question about that. Oh. How have you determined your participant subject groups? Well, so right now everyone on the site who's uh, everyone who has an account on the site is uh, part of the, the data set. As as of right, right. As of November, which is when we were able to grab the data. Um, Steve, can I switch over to a web URL? 
Yeah, in fact, well, we can do both. This, this is about to populate. So um, what okay. I'll do is I'll take this off. We can come back to it. And uh, I, I'm interested that it looks like of those three, whatever, three point something million people, 2.8 million of those page views have actually been in the last month. But you can see the cycle there, the definite uh, kind of um, cycle. Well, looks like the dates aren't correct. Anyway, I'll come back to that, but you can begin to see the cycle. And then you can go ahead and start the web tour. And you do that by clicking on that globe up at the top and putting in the URL. So it's not much of a tour, it's just, uh, just a graphic here showing um, the blue circle is people who've made a colleague so or a friend. Um, and the green circle is whether they've commented on a thread, like in the forum. And the orange is whether they've commented on another user, like a wall post. Um, so it's interesting that the forum and uh, User and user wall activity is pretty much the same, um, dominated by making a colleague, um, which I can tell you the numbers on that. So out of out of fourteen thousand two hundred forty nine uh, members, which is how many were were registered when we when we got the data, um, only twenty five percent ever commented on another user, and 23% commented on a thread. 12% um, commented on a thread more than once. But 65% have a colleague, so that's more than who's ever um, kind of posted or written on the site. But there are the 35 people with over 1,000 colleagues. So there's definitely some... Uh, Oh, um, sorry, I just noticed that some people can't see it. Um, that's because it's an SVG graphic. Let's see if I can. Uh so, Taraj, go ahead and share your desktop, which you do by click on the icon at the top with a hand underneath the screen. Okay. Um, hand underneath. In your top row of icons, to the left okay. of the film icon. Gotcha. Oh, pretty cool. Select which application to share. You show your email. I show. Did I share? I shared the chart. Okay, so I'm seeing the chart now. Okay. Um, I'm yeah, not seeing any numbers on it, though. No, it doesn't have numbers. Um, I'm just saying the numbers. Uh, this is just to get a quick, like, visual on on the melody. Pretty recent. Yeah. Um, but there are <laughs> so the the orange circle of people who commented on a user. That's 3,500 users, which is about 25 percent. Um, comment on on a thread is 3,200 users. And uh, having a colleague is 65%. So um, it's worth noting that co a colleague relationship is mutual. So that means there's half as many actual 
colleague relationship, I'd say. Um, so what does that tell you? Sorry? So what is your conclusion from that? Uh, that that's well, just exploratory. What, what it, it, it does inform a little bit of the content analysis. Um, because if you look at the, the green circle and the orange circle, they overlap less than 50% and looking at the numbers from a little farther away. But um, so most of the people who comment on, in the forums aren't commenting on the wall. And so that's mounting evidence that there's two separate networks and there may be two separate sets of content. Right. Um, what does it say about those of us who utilize Classroom 2.0? Um, so one hypothesis <laughs> is that in uh, kind of social psychology theory around online communities, there's two different kinds of um, relationships people have to the online community. One is identity-based, that it's sort of they share a purpose with the people in the community. Um, and the other is bond-based, that they're, they're in the community because of their connections to other people who are in the community. And we're kind of seeing the, uh, the wall posts as an indication of this. We need to validate it through, through the um, word analysis that April was explaining and social network mapping. Um, but the, the kind of rough idea right now is that there's these uh, people who are participating in the community through this bond-based interaction that they they're there to, to interact with certain people who they know and they develop relationships with. And there's another set of people who are interested in the information that's there and aren't as concerned with who's providing it. They're just trying to, uh, to learn and share. Um, so Peggy asks, um, will you be able to see if there is more communication within groups or general forums. Um, yeah, we will be able to see that. I just uh, we looked into the, the group feature, and it didn't seem to be very much activity. But you recall, yeah. No. Yeah, the general forum is is what just just eyeballing it. But we could um, certainly. Not just answer which is more, but we could look at um, the relative use of both of them. Might be interesting to, to see whether some people um, use mostly the forums instead of the, or mostly the groups instead of the forums. Maybe if they feel like it's a safer space to start out in. Um, uh, yeah, I do have that information. I can look at it for you. Um, uh, while you're waiting, I put up the uh, from I went and did a report from November 1st to April 15th. So part of what's interesting here, I think, is to see the drop in usage at the beginning of December, which I'm assuming just means everybody's crazy busy. And then the end of the semester, final. 
right, right. Then the increase of usage toward the end of the month and the beginning of January, and then kind of stabilizing out. And then you can see that pattern, that very uh, interesting pattern of it looks like Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, or Monday, Monday Tuesday. Yeah, Monday is clearly the the high, and the low seems to be Saturdays. So that's fascinating to me. Saturday is low. Sunday is uh, Sunday is not not much higher. So the, so more participation during the week than on the weekends, especially at the beginning of the week. Yeah, Steve uh, see it. I would I guess that this is a pattern consistent across. Uh, yeah, that would be my. It's exactly the opposite of some other sites, like craft sites and things. Uh, so to answer uh, Ghost Librarian's question about the comments per user, um, I I can quickly tell you uh, users commenting on other users, the. Um, the, the three quarters, three quarters of people have never commented on a user, but someone commented on a thousand different users. Uh, well, a thousand different comments. Well, that's wow. Yes, yeah. that's right. Um, there, there are some that we've encountered. Uh, there are a few uh, kind of spammer people on the network. There's there's different types of spam. It's it's very odd. It's not like spam in the normal sense. It's um, somebody getting on at midnight from China and looking for other people who are online and leaving comments on all of their walls. Hi, I'm looking for somebody to practice my English with. Um, so it's yeah, it, it's still spam, but it's a very weird kind of spam. Um, so just looking at the people commenting in the forums, uh, so 11,000 of the 14,000 something users haven't commented in the forums, but 2,700 have, which is about 19%, and then 830 have done a lot of commenting on the forums. Um, I forget what I meant by a lot. <laughs> um, I think you meant more than two, because if you took it as a 90th quantile. Yeah, no, it's 95th. Okay, so it's like 17th or something. Yeah. Um, and that pattern uh, holds up with the uh, the wall comments as well. It's, it's almost exactly the same numbers, um, which is suggested by that uh, that Venn diagram we showed you. But it's interesting that it the the Relationship holds even at the uh, the high level of comments. Scratch that last part. <laughs> Tarantula doesn't really say it anymore. Well, um, are there any other questions? Well, I'm going to make a comment though on this lurker thing that's that's being discussed in the chat because you know part of part of what I what I we've always hoped Classroom 2.0 would do is just provide an example of social networking that was very uh, educationally driven. So I don't think it's ever really bothered me that people come in and don't actually participate because I think we knew that getting educators to participate wasn't necessarily going to be easy. 
you know, the phrase I always, the thing I always talk about is how when you've measured other people by their written output, how scary it can be to actually produce written output that you think is going to be permanent. So I, I, it doesn't bother me to have low participation numbers. Is anybody else bothered by it, or how do we react to that? Well, you are even really low. <laughs> you know, these are thousands of people. I, I think it's actually typical. I, I mean, my advisor, when we started this project, um, had we told him there were 12,000 people on, on the network, which was the case when we got our data. And he's like, well, I'd expect a tiny fraction of them to actually be participating. And so when we found out that about half, and I think, isn't it about half, 6,000, had done something on the network? Yeah. Um, he thought that was a really high percentage. So that's actually really encouraging because if anything, I would have expected us to even be behind general averages because of fear about social networking and education. But what you're saying is that somehow we've had a pretty decent participation rate when you look at this within the context of social networks. Yeah. And yeah, it would be interesting because Steve, you, you have statistics on how many people, um, I think you were just saying it earlier, so I'm forgetting, but how many people, how many unique visitors the site has had? Do you have some sense of the, the, uh, the rate, the, the, the probability that any visitor will become a member? You know, I don't think I've ever done that. But if you look and say, okay, so let's say we have, on, uh, you know, on average 4,000 visitors a day, half of whom are returning, so let's say that's 2,000 people returning on average. So that's 2,000 new visitors. And we maybe now get between 200, 100 and 200 new signups a day. So maybe that's a tenth of the visitors are actually signing up. That's very unscientific. That's pretty high, too. Um, oh, thanks. Oh, Yardy. <laughs> Thanks, Yardi. Sorry, I laughed because uh, Yardi is a, a colleague in online community research. Welcome. You mean you saw um, a ringer in the crowd? Apparently. <laughs> yeah, feeding uh, hard data. Um, well, I'm happy to keep exploring these. Uh, Implications for some of the numbers. I don't know if there's other. We could we could also take a tour of the uh, the Google Earth visualization. That's pretty cool. Which is just yeah. There's not much to conclude from it. But it's kind of fun. Well, no, actually, there there was one interesting conclusion that can show the, the distance. Yeah, the distance. Yeah. yeah. So go ahead and show your desktop. I think that'll be the best way. Or we can do a web tour and ask people to download and do it on their own. But this is an ABI file, right? Yeah, there, there's an ABI that you can watch on your own, but if we uh, if we share it, then we can all go through it together. Um, so I'll yes. click that hand again. And I can say that, Taraji and, uh, and April, your names came up when I was talking to SRI, um, you know, the people with TAFM. Oh, yeah, Peggy. So, so obviously your work you know, will have an impact on 
how those of us who are creating social networks look at what they can accomplish. And, and I, I'm definitely in the amateur category. I mean, when I talk to the folks at SRI, now they're, you know, they're drilling down at a level which I just don't know. I'm operating on, you know, on gut and, and uh, duct tape. Um, and they're obviously you know, really trying to look at the educational implications, the pedagogy, and, and trying to figure all that out. But I would say the answer to Peggy's question is, yeah, the outcome probably will shed some light on effective models. Yeah, I mean, from my perspective, you just have an intuition or something about how to make these really successful, and so we're just trying to figure out what you've been doing. <laughs> well, it's, it's I don't know about you, Taraj, but what I feel like is sometimes we come back with, I've done all the statistical analysis, and I'm like, okay, I've got this, 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 and this, and I, we lay it before you, and you're like, oh, yeah, I guess I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> so you've already intuited a lot of the things that, that we're picking up in, with these big tools. So um, well, I guess my answer to that is it's, it would, it's hard not to be sort of actively involved in a network and have some sense of what's going on. Um, yeah. And, and and I think I've told you before, I think I've been served very well by my four and a half years of leading group tours. You know, I was never in a classroom, but probably the classroom environment would do the same thing. You kind of get a sense of group dynamics. And this is on a much larger scale, but certainly um, it, it's been very interesting for me to, to watch this progress and, um, and I guess intuit you know, some of what's taking place where you're actually looking at hard numbers that's really helpful. Yeah, so we're, we're a good team. Um, here, can everyone see the Google Earth visualization now? You should see North America. All right. Um, so this little dot here... Uh, it's Steve, right? That's Steve in uh, Redwood, I think. Um, so, because he was the first user, and we're at, we're at time zero right now. Oh, Lincoln, sorry. Um, and I'm going to drag this bar to increase the uh, the time window we're looking at. And now you see there's these users around North America. Um, you zoom out, and if you look at the whole world, you know, there's not really, well, Europe. No, there's an Australian. There's an Australian, okay. Um, so give us a, give us a second because every time you shift use it lags. So uh, oh. oh, we're just okay. I'm just now seeing a clear Australia. Okay, let me move back to North America. This this is an animation, so it might not uh, work out very well. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm currently seeing North America. Okay, so I'm gonna hit the play button, and this this is uh, over a window of a day where people are signing up. Uh, is this is the frame rate working out, or is it just kind of a blur? No, it's working, but it's not a day. It's uh, it's obviously a, uh, there's a, a slide for each day. Um, yeah, well, I'm saying each each frame is, is a span of time that gotcha. is, um, this little controller here, so I can make it um, to make it bigger, but it's kind of interesting to see it flicker around. Zoom in on somewhere like Colorado or Pennsylvania. You know, Colorado, I'm thinking is uh, there's a there's a graduate program there that James Folkstad's involved with, 
you know, if you're seeing a high rate of people signing up from Colorado, I'm going to guess it's from his program there. Or, you know, in Pennsylvania, you've got a couple of, you know, really active educational or 2.0 folks. Yeah. Well, what's, what's very interesting watching this is that there's bursts. And so, um, you know, Colorado Springs and Denver both, you'll, you'll see bursts of people. Charge has got a pretty big window right now. Yeah. Um, and then it's also interesting to see. I would love to look at Europe and Australia um, as well. Now, is this uh, is this people the, in the ocean or the people who just give us any location? Yeah. So this this isn't everybody. This is just people who. Um, type the location and location field that we can make sense of. Um, people who type the location and location field that we couldn't make sense of ended up uh, at zero, zero long, latitude, latitude longitude. Um, and people who didn't put in a location at all aren't, aren't appearing on the map. And people who gave us limited amount of information, um, like people who only said Spain, for example, wind up in the geographic center. Right. If they said U.S., they end up in the middle of Kansas, um, which might be a good point to switch to. Here's a, uh, a cumulative visualization um, with, with height bars. And it's not the best visualization because um, if people are adjacent, they'll end up but adjacent but not the same. They'll end up uh, in spreading out into two different stacks. Let's still give you some visual view of it. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So you can see that um, London has a lot. Um, so let's, let's compare it to the uh, U.S. over here. So these, these would be higher if they were fatter, too, because um, along here you see lots of short ones, and that's sort of taking away from, from the height of, of the highest. It's the very highest you can see is Kansas. <laughs> Those are the people who only gave us the United States as their location. Right. A lot of them. So Nang has since improved on its ability to to ask people to put in specific locations. So my guess is that if you ever take a slice of data again from Classroom 2.0, it's going to be more informative. I also think one of the things that it tells us is that uh, you know Ning is not really built to do certain things. So um, you know, and it's particularly difficult to because Ning doesn't have a great categorization functionality for uh, signups. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, Ning uh, doesn't make this data available anymore. Um, they said they were planning on making it available, but utility hasn't reauthorized. Yeah. Well, before right. you, we, we were able to email them and get permission to get the data, do you think we could do that again? Yeah. So, so, so Classroom 2.0 is. Um, that, that that door is still open to that, yeah. to get the data, but um, one, it's not 
it's not all the data, and um, we won't be able to do it for the other. Yeah, if we wanted to do it for the like the networks that you spawn, um, we'd have to ask permission for each of those individually. Whereas we're hoping gotcha. that at some point they they let people get to their their data again. So I'd like to take advantage of this audience to ask one question specifically, which is. Um, are there social networks that you go to now that we're now that many of us are involved in many different social networks where you really like the experience that you have in the network? Um, Classroom 2.0 is pretty hard for me to look at objectively, uh, you know, in part because there you know a limited amount of time and you know I sort of have to self-justify with regard to how I set up the features and and organize the functionality. But are there other sites that you go to for social networking where you really like the features and or the layout? And if you put that in the chat, that would really help me because um, I'm, I'm very interested in particular in, you know, have we, are we learning something now about the user experience which we can use as we develop new systems? And for me in particular, Learn Central, the new network I'm working on. And, and while any of you are, are making notes of those networks, uh, if you want to ask any questions, this is a good time, certainly. If you have any more comments about the site or you know, what we've learned in two years about social networking, it would be fun to hear from you. We have probably about 10 more minutes to go. Here's the, while you guys are talking, I'll just put up another thing to look at. Is, um, there are arcs for when someone, when a user has commented on another user. Hey Gail, would you mind putting, is Teacher Leaders Network Forum uh, a Ning network or another network, do you know? Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Interesting how our sense of what a social network is is changing as well with Twitter. Good comment about uh, using RSS. Yeah, a lot of us don't actually go into the network all the time. We're using RSS or email to sort what we do. Uh, responding to Demet, the um, the location is based on uh, what people put in their location field of their profile. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you, Peggy. So we're thinking of doing a show for. Go ahead. Uh, I was. I'm curious whether people um, who use other teaching sites or or other similar sites to Classroom 2.0 uh, carry information back and forth between them. Like um, mm -hmm. somebody may find out on one site, do they do they share it on another one? Or just provide a link because that's easier. Yeah, or a link. Listservs. Yeah, so it'd be that's something that I don't know how it well I guess well, we the, not, the, the the link actually appears as a strong enough pattern in that, that LBA. Here, click on this, check this out. Um, that that appears as a as a pattern. Yeah. We can parse out those links. 
so one of the shows that we're thinking of doing uh, on an upcoming Saturday with uh, Peggy, Alona, and Kim is a show just on how you manage the information you have from the social communities you're a part of. So sort of a success strategies for coping. And, and that came up because I've changed my strategy in the last couple of weeks uh, in a way that's really helped me be more um, productive in my social networking uh, areas. And I'm curious as a, as a, if the other people are finding similar ways to, to still feel productive but not be overwhelmed. <laughs> it's easy to be overwhelmed. Do we have a date, Peggy, yet for that show? I'll say, Durf, that one of the things that I'm thinking, you know, that I recognize as well is I kind of like the little emotional jolt every, you know, 10 or 20 minutes of allowing the interruptions, but in terms of productivity, I'm finding that if I can give up the, the immediate reward, uh, that I'm much more productive if I check, you know, every two or three hours and have a systematic way of checking. Good. So, can you give us a timeline? Um, of when you think uh, you know we, it would be good to hear back from you again, or when you'll be producing material that we can read. Um, so we have a report mid May. Is that right? Mm -hmm. May fourteenth is when I have to tell the statistics department what I've done. Right. So there'll be something out of that, which might be kind of esoteric. Yeah. Um, then we have to tell IES what we've done mid June. Is beginning mid June. Oh, right. And so we'll have a poster out of that that could summarize the, the findings. Um, and then we were slated to do this a year from when we started, which was August. And the final project wrap-up for the peer program will be... Yeah, so that'll be a report in kind of... Uh, written for an education audience, an education research audience. Uh, Psychologist. Psychologist, yeah, versus, versus statistician. Um, and we'd be able to come back and, uh, and share that. Probably what we'd do at that, at that point is share the report um, and maybe have a discussion, have a, a discussion happen in the forums and then um, yeah. follow up with uh, with the most interesting points that, that people have brought up and, and have more of a dialogue. Yeah, so that would be great. I would love to, I'd love to get that follow-up. Yeah, another question for the group would be, have these live events had an impact on uh, our time and or our interest in the social networking? Are they an extension of social networking? You know, how do they fit in? And Classroom 2.0 has utilized them pretty extensively. Does that make a difference? Is it a positive? Is it just more stuff you don't have time for? Oh, that's a yes, it's an exclamation marks. Thanks, Howie. I feel better. Okay, so that's been really fun.
uh, I think you, uh, those of you who are here tonight, sure appreciate your attending. Uh, probably interesting to you as well. Uh, fun to show. I didn't realize how fun it would be for you to see the Google Analytics reports, but uh, I'm glad to share that. And <laughs> would be glad to do it again. Taraj and April, thanks so much for all you're doing. A lot of fun to hear from you. Thanks everyone for coming and thanks for having us, Steve. Thank you. Okay, have a great night, everybody. I'll stick around if there are any more questions, but probably in about five minutes I'll turn everything off. I have to run to something, so I'll, I'm signing off, and uh, thanks, everyone. Good night. Okay, thanks. <laughs>